The Glow Journal podcast has you covered on the business of beauty. But where do you turn for your beauty news and reviews? Each and every Monday, I tune in to Beauty IQ Uncensored for real reviews, education and the down low on every product I didn't know I needed. Hosted by beauty editor Joanna Fleming and beauty newbie Hannah First, no topic is off limits. Beauty IQ Uncensored is presented by Adore Beauty, which you guys know is Australia's home of online beauty with over 250 brands, including Glow Journal favourites The Ordinary, Lano Lips, Christopher Oban and Ultraviolet. And with free express shipping on orders over $50, you will never have to wait for beauty again. Listen to Beauty IQ Uncensored now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or your favourite podcasting platform. Conversation with the beautiful minds behind the world's biggest beauty brands. I'm your host, beauty writer Gemma Watts, and in this episode, I'm joined by the founder and CEO of Beauty Bio, Jamie O'Banion. I sincerely believe Beauty Bio to be one of the most exciting beauty brands in the world right now, and one I've watched closely for years ahead of their highly anticipated launch into Australia this week. Jamie is the daughter of a dermatologist, which is something she calls an unfair advantage and something that has shaped her entire beauty ethos. Jamie didn't just receive an education in skin, she lived it. As she tells me in this conversation, one of her very earliest beauty memories was travelling with her father as he helped file the patent for microdermabrasion. An early curiosity with the skin and science saw Jamie take a job alongside her father at his clinical skincare laboratory, with the pair working to develop and manufacture new ingredients and raw materials for some of the world's largest skincare brands. Jamie watched brand after brand purchase bulk ingredients, use them in tiny, tiny quantities in their products, so small that they barely had any effect on the skin, but still claim that the ingredient was in their product in an effective capacity. Having grown increasingly frustrated with that lack of transparency in the beauty industry, Jamie decided to launch her own brand. And so Beauty Bioscience was born. One of the things that I find so exciting about this brand is that transparency. Jamie is so passionate about empowerment through education and the democratization of information, which is something that really came across in this conversation and something that's evident in everything that the brand does. Jamie does a really incredible job of breaking things down that are really complicated and making them digestible, but never in a way that feels at all condescending, which is a really beautiful balance to strike. The other thing that I love about this brand is that beyond Jamie's passion for science, she's also almost disarmingly business savvy and so generous with that knowledge. Although this is a fairly science heavy episode, this is a really valuable listen for anyone interested in business of any kind. And Jamie has some really incredible points about how the clarity of your brand's message is as important as your ability to scale that message. Her strategy is certainly working. 
In 2016, the same year Beauty Bio launched their now cult GlobePro microneedling and LED tool, the brand hit $30 million US dollars in sales, which was a triple-digit growth on the year prior. This episode was, of course, recorded remotely with myself in Melbourne and Jamie in Dallas, which does mean something of a disparity in the audio quality. So if you would prefer to read the interview or even just follow along like a podcast with subtitles, you can do so by accessing the complete transcript on glowjournal.com. In this conversation, Jamie and I discuss how the idea of seeing is believing gives consumers a higher intent to commit to your product, what it means to be a truly omni-channel business, and how a vase full of M&Ms may well be responsible for beauty bios now cult status. So I understand that your father, who is a dermatologist, invested in one of the top cosmetic and clinical skincare labs in the United States when you were around 10 years old. So I imagine you've always had a pretty in-depth understanding of the skin. But what is your very, very earliest memory of beauty? Oh, my gosh. I think growing up in the home of a physician, and it's interesting because he started out in anesthesiology before he moved into skin which is interesting because we are known for microneedling. It was like the perfect transition. Um, I will say my earliest memory was probably, my most shocking memory was probably being around 12 or 13. And he helped file the patent for microdermabrasion, which mm-hmm. in many ways was a predecessor to microneedling. And I remember um, going to Germany with him where he was working with a team on the technology and um, this is in the olden days when you didn't have to worry about what luggage you could or could not take on a flight. And I remember helping him carry one of the first ever microdermabrasion machines. It was really quite heavy. Um, I have a little scar in my shin to prove it because I totally nicked myself trying in this little tot, trying to like help him carry this stuff. Um, and I loved traveling with him. I loved that. And I remember sitting at our kitchen table and being a test guinea pig, probably at the age of around 13, getting my first microdermabrasion treatment. Did I need a microderma at 13? Of course not, but you know, I raised my hand and begged to get to try it because it was so fascinating to me. It was so fascinating to really contemplate the magic of science and the ability that we each have with our skin being the largest organ in our body to respond in quite a profound way. I think we often treat our skin almost like dead hair right? And it's not, yep. you know, it's, it's a living and it's alive. And just like you take oral vitamins, feeding your skin, the key topical vitamins every day is so important. And that's a really um, critical ambition of mine is, is this, I had the total unfair advantage of growing up in the beauty industry. So from a very young age, our dinner table conversations were do you prefer magnesium ascorbyl phosphate over ascorbic acid as a vitamin C source and why? It was like, you know, Jeopardy skincare was totally normal at the time. But, you know, looking back in hindsight, it was probably a little intense. But I grew up fluent in the beauty language and um, understanding what is good for your skin and what is not. And really just kind of broken it down into a few simple key pillars that anyone can implement whatever skincare line or program you're using. 
Well, given that you were having those conversations around the dinner table so early on, what did you think that you were going to be when you grew up? (laughs) It's an excellent question. So my life took kind of an interesting spin. Um, I, someone submitted me for uh, a Miss Teen Texas pageant um, when I was, oh gosh, maybe 16 years old. And I just thought it was like a joke, the whole thing. I don't even know how I got submitted in this thing. Um, anyhow, long story short, I ended up winning and, you know, going on and then, you know, modeled for uh, several years. And frankly, um, that was such a, an amazing moment of my life because I went from almost kind of this behind the microscope being like a total just STEM focused girl. I went to an all girls school that was quite intense. And I was always the one around the chemist who call it on the bench when they're working on the bench you know, asking them, and what does this do? What does this do? Why can't we put this with this? And I'm, they were very patient, but in hindsight, I'm sure it was quite inquisitive. Um, and it was really fun combining that experience kind of behind the microscope to behind the camera and getting to understand what women want because the back end mechanics and the science of things can be, uh, you know, quite intense. And I was forced to be able to break it down in a very digestible way. So I could end up helping consumers uh, by understanding what they want, what we're talking about. And that has been really important to us as a brand. Um, We can get really technical really quickly in skincare. And I just think it's important to pause and go, okay, so what does that mean for me? Like when you were talking about my career, like what is that actually gonna do for me? And helping us to understand the why and then everyone who wants to digest the how, um, if that fancies you, then, you know, being able to dive in there. I mean, it just makes so much sense that you've had this philosophy for such a long time because obviously now knowing the brand, that's exactly the ethos that, you know, runs through everything that you're doing now makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. And we have three key pillars as a brand. And the first one is performance. It's got to work. I mean, I'm doing what I'm doing today because I was really frustrated seeing other skincare brands take new ingredients that we would make, we call them raw materials, and we would sell them in bulk. Typically you buy a raw material from a great manufacturer who leads in you know, retinoids or peptides or whatnot, and you don't have control over the end result, right? You don't know uh, where and how that ingredient's gonna land in a formula. And I gotta tell you, it was very frustrating putting together a dossier on a new raw material that maybe needed to be in at 3% or 5%. And then you would check after the product launch and that ingredient was in at 1%. And that is wrong. Yeah. It is fundamentally wrong. And all the marketing claims are there. And I call it fairy dust amount skincare. And it's, it is not acceptable. And I am about educating the consumer so that we are empowered to say enough with the dream in a bottle. We want the right concentration, the right delivery system, and the right ingredient. And when you combine that together, our first pillar is performance. It has to work. We've never paid an influencer. We don't do traditional advertising. And, you know, gratefully, we've been able to become one of the fastest growing skincare brands because our products work. And people love to talk about something that exceeds their expectations. So thankfully, you know, we've been able to grow really quickly. I'm, I'm grateful for that. So performance has got to work. Um, and by the way, I went back and told that brand after that experience that ended up being the impetus, thankfully, for where I am today. I said, you know what? If you would have invested the extra money to put the right concentration in that product, 
you wouldn't have had to spend on all the glossy marketing and advertising campaigns because women will share. And that is the truth. So number one, performance. Number two is clean. I believe in clean beauty. We were talking clean beauty before clean was even was even a thing. Um, we have thousands of acres of a field where we yield our own organic ingredients before that became a trending thing. And um, so clean beauty, we want the bad stuff out and the good stuff in. Um, and then lastly is transparency. Uh, we are a very transparent brand. We go deeper. It's not just, oh, this will hydrate your skin. Well, let's talk about hydration and why and what you should look for. And if you want to try that within our range and brand, great. But if not, that's okay too. It's most important that people are educated so we can make informed choices. That's my, my personal mission. And it all rolls up into a statement that's really empowering to us. That is three words above the glass board in our conference room in neon, naturally, total beauty bio boss babe fashion. Um, it says truth in beauty. And I placed that above the conference room wall. Why? Because I wanted to make sure every single product we developed, meeting we had, it always goes back to delivering truth and beauty. Should we do something? Does it provide truth and beauty? Yes, then yes, move forward. If it doesn't, then let's not. That's not for us as a brand. So it really is a driving force for who Beauty Bio is. And it's exciting to be leading the way uh, with this conversation about combining tools and topicals together. We're really the first brand that is combining these two worlds into one. And as a consumer myself, I don't keep, you know, my tools in one bathroom and my, you know, my goop in another bathroom I'm using, I will stand on my head and do whatever needs to happen. If we're getting the end result, right, we'll do it. So really focusing on what is the best technology available to deliver the best end result. And that is what we will consistently bring. It's interesting that you touched on marketing there because there are so many brands who take this one very specific path as far as marketing and you guys have really just gone the other way. You studied marketing at university. When you were studying, was building a brand in the back of your head? Oh, not at all. (laughs) Oh, my goodness, not at all. In fact, for me, it was um, thinking more on the R&D side. Because I had been so involved. I never dreamed Beauty Bio would be as big as it is today. I never dreamed we would be, you know, selling next to brands and products that we helped create. It's really, you know, amazing. Um, But for me, I love helping to educate. I really, it is truly my, in another life, I would have loved to be a teacher. Um, I love being a mom because I get to teach my kiddos and, And when you think about marketing in general, it is helping to unfold the the benefits or the the story of something. Um, And that's really powerful. You can have the most incredible ingredient, because of course at that time I was thinking just ingredient technology hat. And you can have the most incredible ingredient on the planet Earth, literally a pot of cream that if you put one dollop on your skin magically in five seconds, you know, you, you look like you're 30 years younger, but if no one knows about it, then how can anyone ever have access to it? So it's important that the right, the right technology, the right ingredients have a way of being able to, to reach and touch and impact people's lives. So um, that process of unpacking and educating is what really drives me and what really inspired me to learn more about uh, that piece. And 
ultimately education is empowerment. And I think the world becomes a better place the more educated uh, we all are. After you graduated, you joined your father at his company in Dallas and began developing beauty products with him. During that time when your career in beauty was in its infancy, were there any lessons that you picked up from your father that you find that you're still applying to your work now? Oh, absolutely. Uh, The first is never settle. It is so tempting for people after you've invested hundreds of thousands into R&D and testing to launch a product because you're invested. I mean, it's like the old adage of you don't have to marry the groom just because the wedding invitations have been sent out, right? Like if it's not right, stop now. Um, And that's hard. It's hard when you've invested in something uh, to let it go. But let me tell you, there have been many products that were amazing, what we call in vitro testing in a Petri dish. And then once you bring it to in vivo testing, didn't really perform and you have to say goodbye to them. We only bring products into our range that are highly edited highly curated, have all been individually clinically tested. And that's important. So many brands, so many brands test a single ingredient or don't even test it and depend on someone else's clinical of what, like six people, you know, to, to draw a result. And that's just shocking to me. And again, hardwired because I didn't grow up that way. I grew up always challenging, always challenging. Is it, can it be better? Is it better? Or is the best that I can get right now? And always pushing forward that way. And I will tell you, it it would be like as a baker, tasting each of the ingredients separately, but never taking a bite of the fully baked cake. And the number of skincare brands that approach their formulation that way is, is, is mind blowing. So every product we develop, the actual product is tested on a large number of individuals through a full third party clinical to make sure that it meets our standard. And you can know that when it launches, it is fully met and exceeded any standard that we have developed for that product with regards to performance, clean and transparency. God, you would just think that that would be a given. I feel like I've been doing this for so long and I'm still constantly shocked by how many brands are not testing their products in that way. And, and, And the part that is mind blowing to me is we as consumers have to ask for it. And I want to encourage people and remind people that we have to place the expectation there to make it happen. Because there's not a lot of regulation, honestly, Mm -hmm. in cosmetics. And I think there should be even more regulation to say, look, if you're going to say you're putting um, a certain raw material into a product, we've got to know that it's in there at, at clinical amounts to really talk about it. Right. Um, I, I wish that were in place. I think that's important. Um, but starting these types of conversations and starting to, to question or challenge, those are good. Those are good conversations and they help uh, move the entire industry forward. Um, and I think, you know, putting, uh, you know, for me, a picture is worth a thousand words. So we have before and after images, uh, from our clinical trials for every product and, you know, did it work? Did it not? Um, I think I, I wish we were in a place as an industry where that was just the standard. And I, I do think we'll get there. I do think we'll get there. I think we will because consumers are holding brands accountable now. Mm-hmm. That's right. There's just no choice. So it was that 
sort of frustration, I suppose, with the beauty industry that led you to launch your own brand, which you did in 2008 with Organicare. Now, of course, we're going to talk about Beauty Bio, but I think that this is a time worth touching on because I imagine there were a couple of learnings in there. On paper, that brand has all of the makings of a line that would be so successful right now. Why do you think it didn't do so well in 2008? Oh, my gosh. Um, 2008 was the peak of the recession. I was about to say, other than the the timing and no one had any money and everyone was unemployed. Other than that, um, no, truly, it was the first, so ahead of its time, it was the first fully CO certified organic skincare line ever. Wow. Ever, ever. And we launched um, with great partners in the US and with the recession, they ended up closing the entire kind of well beauty category in these retailers uh, because they were indie brands like myself that were, we were the first and only CEO, but others that were natural, right? At the time and couldn't support having the brands there. We were like the last Mohican, the last man standing. And um, we decided at that point to parlay our learnings of clean beauty into a realm that was um, a bit edited and a bit different for us. Um, so we had, you know, of course we're in pr- traditional prestige retail and we had a, a partner, you're familiar with QVC, which um, airs a lot of beautiful brands approach us and um, said, you know, we love the brand. We would love for you to, um, you know, to work with us. And at that time, Beauty Bio was born and we, you know, really took our organic clean roots and translated that into something that was more digestible for the market at the time, meaning still use very clean ingredients and that same exact mindset, but we're really able to emphasize even more the performance side, because in 2008, no one believed that a clean organic product could actually work. Right. They didn't. Today, that is the case. <laughs> we know that clean skincare still not only works, but can exceed even a chemically manufactured ingredient. Um, but at the time, we didn't. So what do you do? You, you pivot and are able to focus on okay, if she doesn't get that yet, we have more education to do. We have more education to do. So let's spend our conversation time talking about the performance of the brand. And that is still holds true for today. And it was the right choice, 110%. And to this day, it's always the right choice because I've learned that women, even that are purists when it comes to holistic and eating clean, will turn a blind eye when it comes to, you know, cosmetics because they really want the results. So I'm hoping that we're introducing a new era, fast forward a decade, where women know that you can have it both. You can have clean clinical skincare, clean performance skincare. And that's been, it's, it's been really fun to be ahead of our time on the clean beauty front and then ahead of our time on the, um, skincare tool advancement front as well. 
it can be lonely. It can be lonely being upfront when you're setting a trend versus just being part of a trend. But I, I genuinely believe it has really helped to advance our industry forward. So when you decided that you were going to relaunch and kind of go back to the drawing board, where to from there? Obviously, you already had the formulation side of things covered, given your history in the industry. But how did you physically launch the brand? How did you decide which products you would need to launch with? How did you, I guess, develop a new brand identity, even come up with the name? Where does one start? It's such a great question. And that's something that I offer when I lecture as a entrepreneur or mentor, um, the power of being able to pivot. If you look at most companies, they have made three pivots and their you know business model um, as they grow forward. It's really fascinating to consider. So that was exactly right. A pivot for us that, okay, the market's not quite ready for this. How can we not alter our DNA, who we are, but I believe in meeting people where they're at, right? Meeting yeah. people where they're at. If this is where, if this is the language that we're all understanding together, let's start there. Let's let's start the conversation there. And now we've been able to, you know, grow the onion and, and add on. So for us, the combination of beauty, and then think back to my modeling years and that side of the, you know, very glossy side of the industry, and then bioscience, which is my nerdy chemistry. I love science side of the business. Combining them to beauty bio, which is you know beauty bioscience, um, was was the perfect marriage of beauty and science without sacrificing anything. So if you look at our logo, typically underneath you'll see seriously beautiful skincare backed by science. And I love that it outperforms even results of some prescriptive grade skincare when we start comparing apples to apples, but you don't have to hide it underneath your bathroom. It doesn't have to look like it came from, you know, the pharmacy in some like embarrassing container. It feels like an incredible moment of self-care and self-love when you're using it. It is a beautiful, beautiful product. And of course, all recyclable packaging and so on. But it gives you that moment where you can have your cake and eat it too, right? It's gorgeous on the counter and it works even more beautifully than it looks. I love that because I just I don't believe that results and the the experience of beauty have to be these two wildly different things like totally beauty is such a sensory experience so it should be something that we enjoy doing for ourselves and it should be something that we can look at and like it elicit some sort of response from us absolutely that is it is so true and I think we're in a moment right now with people working from home and this new normal that there is a moment of reflection, you know, a moment to pause and go, we're running around doing everything that we're doing all the time. But if you come back to home base and reconnect with your physical form and who you are, are we really being true to ourselves, right? So for me, I don't even talk about skincare as much as I talk about skin health. You know, I wanna hopefully live a long and productive and, and helpful life. And that starts with taking care of my body. It starts with just like I care for my liver and my kidney. And um, I, cho- you know, I choose not to drink alcohol because that's for me, you know, I want to put clean things into my body. Trust me, I have a lot of sugar and there's a lot of things I do wrong. Okay. Everyone has their, their vices, but um, I do try to live a life and live in a way that is taking care of my body for the long term And 
I think with your skin health routine, just like you brush your teeth every day, just like you go to the gym every day, we don't feel guilty about doing those things. In fact, we feel guilty if we don't. I hope that we can alter our approach to skin health to remember that we have one epidermis, right? It's a pretty awesome part of the body. Think of all that it keeps out every single day and all that it holds tightly in every single day. And how can we expect our skin to function at its prime if we're, you know, basically feeding it fast food every day, you know, getting it zero care. So I think really shifting our mindset to honor our, our body and honor our skin in that way through uh, what I call our three pillars of, you know, feeding it vitamin C during the day, so vitamin C in the morning, vitamin A or retinol at night, and then stimulating the cell turnover process, which we do with GlowPro, our microneedling tool, at least three times a week. You can use it every night, but at least three times a week. And um, if you ask 10 out of 10 dermatologists, they're going to tell you using vitamin C during the day to help pre prevent and protect against free radical damage, help even the skin tone. It's like a superfood for, for, the, for the skin, right? I prefer acid-free vitamin C. Most is ascorbic acid. We use magnesium ascorbyl phosphate, uh, which is a, a newer and superior form. Ascorbic acid was awesome 20 years ago. It's all we had, but high concentration, sensitive skin freaks out. So this is a much better, better form um, in our products daily. And then, of course, um, our R45, which is our retinol booster system, which, I mean, we have uh, millions of units worldwide. It is our number one selling skincare item. And it's awesome because it mimics prescriptive-grade retinol, but in the same form that your body makes, your body actually makes retinoic acid. Vitamin C, you got to apply it every day, but vitamin A, you can boost the skin, which we do in the, this booster system we use twice a year. And we have achieved with computer scan analysis. So literally a computer that scans your skin, every wrinkle spot, pore, it, it cannot lie. And then after doing the booster 45 days later, we scan participants' faces again. So we've done this with hundreds of women in our clinical trials. And we achieve an average of 49.5% reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. Wow. That is it. That's mind-blowing. It is. You know, if you look at retinoic acid, retin-A, retinoin is a generic name. Typically, that's 26% over six months, which is awesome, by the way. 20, of like, course. That's amazing. Um, but to get double the results, and instead of six months and six weeks, it's, uh, it's why we have a patent on the product. It's why it's become a number one bestseller for us. And it's something that everyone should be using. I mean, after the age of 18, we lose 1% of our collagen production a year, 1% a year. So, uh, you know, using R45, starting that at least once a year in your 20s, and then at least, you know, twice a year in your 30s is important. But if you, you know, vitamin C during the day, of course, SPF, but in terms of actives you're feeding your skin, vitamin C during the day, vitamin A at night, that retinol, and then stimulating the skin. Uh, my choice is via microneedling at least three times a week to again, trigger that rejuvenation response, that uh, healing response in the skin, the cell turnover like your body used to turn over when we were younger. So I love that you've gone into that because education is obviously so important with everything, but of course with skincare, particularly if you're mm -hmm. using such high performance products, people need to know what's working, what they're putting on their skin. 
I would actually love to talk a little bit more about your strategy around education because when you launched the brand in 2011, you launched it onto HSN, the Home Shopping Network. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've had a number of pioneer brand founders like yourself on this podcast who also launched via the Home Shopping Network or similar and they were talking about how it's such a good platform to educate because if you're creating a new category, how are you going to get that message across unless you can speak as directly as possible to your consumer, which is exactly what you've done. I know that you've personally described the Home Shopping Network as a megaphone. I would love to hear more about that, the decision to launch through them and what it's done for the brand. A hundred percent. And it's interesting. This is education is so key, which is why we've chosen Mega Mecca as our exclusive retail partner in Australia. We're so excited. We just love, love the team at Mecca. Um, and education is so important to them. So when you look at the US, I am one person. And I wish that I could be in every single in the US market, Sephora, Nordstrom, Neiman Marcus. I wish I could be at Harrods in London where we sell every day or you know, Holt Renfrew in Canada. But the reality is I cannot. So one thing that I love about HSN, which is now QVC, because QVC acquired HSN, and is, and we're on both networks in the States, is the ability to scale myself. And I got to tell you, you know, I was um, with our organics line. I was uh, flying all over at our retail partner, Nordstrom, doing these trend shows. You know, I'd fly into town, into, you know, their beautiful store in Chicago, Michigan Avenue, and I would talk to it on stage to a thousand women, right? It takes the same amount of effort for me to fly to Philadelphia or fly to Tampa, Florida and talk to a hundred million women at the same time. So the light bulb went off for me. Wait a second. It could take me years to touch the same number of women. And what if someone doesn't have a Nordstrom down the street from them or a Sephora down the street for them, right? And um, so it's been an amazing platform to have not only scale in terms of megaphone and educate, which is the primary goal, but secondarily clarity of message. Because I got to tell you, I remember, I won't name the retail partner, but walking in and um, very dear friends with the founder of another brand and uh, this kind lady, you know, volunteered to tell me about this brand who I know the entire founding story of, of and um, actually one of the products we helped formulate for them. And this story was so wrong. I cannot even tell you. I, I mean, I just, it, it took all of my willpower to just, you know, zip my mouth and, and just go, oh my gosh, this is crazy. If I was a normal consumer, I would be believing this. This is like not, um, and it happens and it's a no fault of their own. It's like the telephone game. I whisper to my girlfriend who whispers to her girlfriend, pretty soon by the end of, you know, five people down the road, it's not even the same message. So it's never intentional. It's never intentional, Um, but it is inaccurate. And that is another problem that is confounded in the industry. So I'm so grateful for a conduit that we can have clarity of message in addition to um, scale of message, because the only way we move the industry forward is by educating enough people so that they start asking the questions, they start expecting more, and then we, we have real change. 
I think with being a pioneer and with really transforming a category, it's got its pros and its cons. Of course, I mean, you've mentioned being sort of, it can be lonely when you're at the so far ahead at the front of the race. What were, um, what was the response like, sorry, from consumers? Because when you're educating people on something, sometimes it can be almost a hurdle for them to wrap their head around. So were they instantly receptive or were they initially a little bit reluctant to try something new? Oh my word. I have to tell you, I remember the first time I stepped on set and I did not have formal coaching training. I, I mean, just think of that us, film joy. It literally, I, if I could say, have you seen the, I cried, <laughs> I cried when I, and I, and I know joy, she is such a kind person. And it's been, it is a blessing because in the green room, you get to meet so many different fun founders and you know, you can just connect because again, meeting each other where you're at going, Oh gosh, you know, um, I, you know, were you on a plane two hours ago? Me too. You know, that kind of, um, but it is exactly like joy. And I remember, uh, standing on set and we launched in prime time with Diana Perkovich. I'll never forget other number one videos at the time. And I was so nervous and I just took a deep breath and, you know, said a little prayer and just said, remember, you're not selling, you're helping. You're presenting an opportunity to someone and if they want to uh, try it, great. But if not, that's okay too, because we've developed technology and this was the R45, our version one. And of course we made some updates to it as we've gone and technology's advanced. Um, and I'm here to tell you, you see the ticker in front of you and I'm thinking, dear Lord, my mother, my best friend, my sister, please buy one unit. You know, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Um, I, I have no idea. And then I just said, you know what? I'm just going to share what I know. I'm just going to share what I know. And, you know, just started educating on, hey, you know, uh, it can be confusing to understand retinol percentage levels. 0.05% prescriptive is more powerful than 1% over the counter. Instead of worrying about the percentages, look at the color. If there's enough in there over the counter to do anything, it should be yellow. It should be a little bit yellow and breaking it down in ways. And, you know, we have this step up system in R45 where you start with one concentration and then when the you know, container's empty, you recycle it and you go up to the next concentration and then you finish at the highest and just helping people remember, hey, you know, your body, your skin, just like I couldn't run a marathon without training. If you put too much on the skin, the skin freaks out, not enough, it doesn't do anything. So, you know, we're stepping the skin along. It's kind of like fitness for your face and um, really just tried to break it down. Um, and that I think connected with people in a way that they had never maybe been communicated with before, right? And made it more of a, you know, digestible conversation and uh, we ended up selling out in our first 10 or 12 minutes of being on wow. air. I just couldn't believe it. And um, and just it's been a, an amazing trajectory uh, since then. So, yes, starting in that forum was really helpful to spread the word about the brand and um, and run with a smaller team at the time, right? And then from there, we launched into... Um, our retail partners like Sephora and Nordstrom and Neiman Marcus and Bergdorf Goodman and Selfridges and Harrods and so on and so forth. And now Mecca, which we're so excited about. Um, it's been a tremendous journey and I never in my wildest dreams could have imagined the brand getting um, as large as it has today. Um, and I'm grateful. I'm so grateful. We, we call it joining the glow community. 
And it's, it's awesome. It really is an incredible community of, of men and women who want more for themselves, who want more for the industry, and um, expect to to be empowered and, and live their lives in that way, right? It's like, we've got your skin, you go build your empire. Even though the brand was so successful right away, selling out in 10 or 12 minutes is incredible. 2016 was really the big growth year for Beauty Bioscience. Forbes mm-hmm. have reported that the brand hit $30 million in sales in 2016, which was a triple-digit growth from the year before. I read that mm-hmm. and nearly fell off my chair. Abs- <laughs> you and I both. I, I still <laughs> fall off my chair. I'm like, oh, my word. Yeah, God, no. if I'm shocked, I can't imagine how you're feeling. It absolutely cannot be a coincidence that that was the same year that you launched the Glow Pro device. Oh, that's, no doubt. That's not oh, a coincidence. No, and I, I never could have anticipated Glow Pro becoming the phenomenon that it did as quickly as it did. Think about it. Yes, it is literally rolling tiny little needles on your skin. That's not an easy thing to digest right away. You know, and granted, we filed the patent years before and we're already doing microneedling in a professional setting and said, again, back to empowerment and education, we literally had the conversation that this is crazy that it's $300 for one treatment and all these different, you know, physician's offices where we have the technology and you can do 0.3 millimeter microneedling from home. You do not need a, anybody can do it. Your razor in the shower is literally more dangerous. And just like, you know, a computer used to be operated by a technician in the size of a house. You know, now it fits in the palm of our hands. Consumers are smart. They can do this. It's so incredibly easy to do. And um, it's interesting how the Glowper technology even came about because and my father really, I just have to applaud him because it was his, his brainchild as we started noodling this, this idea. We were working on a new ingredient for a brand that uh, you know, we saw next to in several retailers um, and great brand. And we found in a Petri dish, we were having incredible collagen stimulation, fibroblastic activity that was happening, right? But then when you would put it on human skin, you didn't have the same reaction. Even with, if you use nanolipid delivery and every advancement that we as an industry had, you just didn't get the same fibroblastic response. And the real impetus was how do we get these incredible ingredients down to where the fibroblast lives. Like that is the whole key. Otherwise, just go use cold cream. It's just sitting on the surface of the skin, right? Which explains why a woman who's 65 still looks 65, yet she's using all this stuff, right? It's not that the ingredients are not there or the technology is not there. It's simply that the ingredients either aren't at the right concentration or can't really get down to where they need to arrive. Think if you're a gardener, right? You never take your tulip bulbs and just throw them on the surface of the soil and walk away, right? Like peace out, good luck to you. You would create a little channel for them so that they could plant where they need to and then bloom. So we talk a lot at Beauty Bio about blooming beautiful skin because whatever skincare line you're using currently, and I hope it's vitamin A, something in there at night, Exactly. Fingers crossed. Uh, my hope is that you're able to unlock the power of your skincare because when you use Glow Pro, you have 200 times better skincare absorption. 
200 times. Wow. It's like a hot shot tunnel of those ingredients down to the critical layers of the skin. And that's so important. And we found when we started using these peptides and retinoids in combination with this, think of it like vertical exfoliation, the results were unbelievable, unbelievable. And then we combined it with the red LED and the pulse technology. So it really is like three in one. Um, and the side effect, like all great experiments, right? All of our great breakthroughs, I mean, retinol, we found that it worked for anti-aging in the late seventies because it was developed for acne and had the side effect of smoothing the skin, right? So all great breakthroughs usually come from, you know, accidents. And we found out that on its own, our original intent was to deliver ingredients down to the target cell so they could actually work. But we found the side effect of GlowPro triggered the most powerful human response, which is the wound healing response. We are designed to survive. If you have a heartbeat, GlowPro will work for you because it literally taps into the healing response of the skin by creating what we call a micro injury. Just like a man, when he shaves, why does his texture look better on his jawline? He's creating a micro injury when he shaves. A lot of women in the 90s started shaving. But to really build volume back to the skin, to really keep that juicy plumpness, you've got to go vertical. And before GlowPro, it was either fry it off in acid peels, which were late 70s, you know, early 80s, uh, a bright or scrub it off in microdermabrasion, which was early 90s, um, or laser, which is kind of burning the skin off essentially, um, you know, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Microneedling is such an advancement because we are now vertically exfoliating the skin and triggering the same response. Just like, you know, um, I was sharing this not too long ago. My, my husband, you know, got his appendix out when he was younger. He has a six inch long scar. My assistant got her appendix out and she had like two tiny little pinpricks. Same in result. They both got their appendix removed, but totally different methodologies. Science advances. GlowPro stands on the shoulders, microneedling stands on the shoulders of every other advancement that's come before it. But instead of horizontally cheese slicing all of the skin to trigger this layer below, we're vertically aerating, vertically stimulating so the skin can still stay intact but get the same wound healing response to force beautiful new skin. So if you just use GlowPro, you have tremendous results for poor tightening, skin firming, gorgeous skin tone evening, wrinkle smoothing. Because again, a new skin cell that's birthed, just like muscle memory, cellular memory, doesn't come back with all the same issues. So it's just a mathematic equation. But when you use it just before applying your skincare, that skincare can drink in 200 times more effectively. You mentioned that you had patented this technology long before you launched. I read that you actually mm-hmm. started developing the device back in 2012. Can you talk me through those years from when you actually thought to yourself, okay, this is this is a technology that works. We need to develop something that, you know, people can have in their home. Where that idea came from through to it actually being available for consumers. Totally. So we started uh, working on the patent in 2003. Oh, my God. And, mm-hmm, um, and then filed in, I want to say maybe it was 05. Um, and then the patent issued in 2013 or 2014. Um, and then I knew I didn't want to launch this technology until we had the patent. 
Yeah. And even now we are, our legal team is constantly fighting knockoff tools. And it cracks me up because, you know, the, the reality is if it's not GlowPro, no one should microneedle at home. Cause there are, you don't know if it's made of surgical stainless steel. You don't know the shape and um, design of the needle. I mean, it's down to the most sophisticated technology looks the simplest, right? Yeah. It is down to the density of the needles, the angles. We went through over a hundred different versions designing this tool. So from 2012 to 2016 is when we started adding in the LED in our testing, going of course through our 513G process. Um, and the US was really important for us so that we can say this is something that we can use at home that is um, easy for everyone to implement. And ultimately, uh, we it, it's funny because the the knockoff tools that I see now were from like our you know 2005 versions where we started first in doctors' offices and such. And this is like version 10.0 with the combined technologies. It is it there's no pain associated with it. We have just perfected the art. You know, I always laugh like, how can a man at the circus walk on a bed of nails? There's like a thousand of them, right? So you have the surface area distribution. So there's no discomfort, and truly, your razor is more dangerous. You can't press too hard. You can't mess it up. You just let the weight of the tool glide over the skin and it triggers that healing response. But it definitely started years uh, before and with the goal, uh, original goal of how do we get these ingredients that we're using on a clinical level in doctor's offices down to the skin where they can work. And then, holy cow, on its own, look at this, this amazing uh, technology that taps into your healing response. And I got to tell you, we make some of the best formulas in my opinion in the market nothing however competes with your body's own healing response so all the amazing results that everyone talks about i can't give credit to glow pro i have to give credit to your body your body is amazing and it's fully equipped with everything you need to trigger new life it is not dead like your hair like we talked about it is truly alive and when you respect and treat it that way, it will do amazing things for you. I mean, you can lose part of your liver. Can you hear Gus? I can hear a little something. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll let him finish his little scratch here. That's so um, funny. You can, thank you. You can literally lose a small portion of your liver and it will grow back. Some people report, you know, cutting off the very, very tip of their finger and it growing back, obviously, at a certain point. And um, that gets to be... Um, you know, diminishing return, uh, but your body is, is incredible and has such ability to heal and to respond. And when you're constantly triggering that healing turnover response, we can manually stimulate what our body used to do in youth uh, when we were younger. Now, this was another one of those products that you did launch via HSN at the time. This time it was with a vase full of M&Ms. Can you talk <laughs> us through this story? Oh my goodness. I love this. And thank you so much for doing so much research because it's, it's my favorite um, thing in the world. Research oh, soothes me. <laughs> makes, I have such, such respect for you. I just, I thank, thank you for you. so much. Um, oh my word. So again, back to remember my behind the microscope days where people are walking around and what sounds like a foreign language talking that no one understands <laughs> and to my modeling days where people are using certain kinds of cream underneath the eye that are never intended for that. And you're going, where are we getting this right? Like the opposite end of, you know, education. Mm -hmm. um, and my goal was to, how do we break down something that's really complicated into something that's digestible? 
And that is something that we uniquely do, uh, I think, you know, well as a brand. Um, and that's important because if I don't understand why I should eat spinach, I will never eat it because no one really loves the taste of spinach. I was about to say, if I put it in a pan with about a kilo of butter, defeats the purpose entirely. That's right, 100%. So we have to understand as humans the why behind it. Um, And that for me, uh, being a a visual person, is where the M&Ms were birthed. I wanted to create a visual moment uh, that I could help people understand what goes on in an area they've never been able to see before. I have had the unfair advantage of looking at a cross section of skin under a microscope and see what happens. Most people haven't seen that before. So I created layers of M&M in different colors. And I think that um, my sweet assistant grabbed it the first time before I jumped on a plane and headed out. And she said, the lady at checkout asked if I was having a baby shower because there's all these pink m and you know? It was just so funny. You know, found a little silver pen. You know, nothing made some custom things now, but at the time, nothing existed. You know, put them in a vase and to show here are the layers of your skin. Here's what happened. And took my little silver instrument and kind of showed here's what vertical exfoliation looks like. It gently parts the layers of the skin. Now we're sort of, you know, tickling and waking up this critical deeper layer without, you know, dumping out all the MMs. And it was a, a really simplistic yet elegant way to show in very yummy way. I mean, at 1 a.m. on air, I'm like eating the M&M's. My stratum cordium is gone. Um, it was, you know, so many, so many fun memories. Um, and it was really a, a great visual for people to understand for the first time ever. Wow. Now I get it. Now I understand why I should eat this spinach. Now I understand why this is working so well for my skin. And uh, I'm a big believer that seeing is believing, whether it's before and after images and clinical studies and creating some type of a a demonstration that you can uh, see what's happening in your skin gives everyone a deeper understanding and higher intent to commit to something that is so great for our long-term skin health. Away from HSN and now QVC, you've touched on, you know, some of the other huge, huge retailers that your brand is stocked in I've heard you previously speak about the importance of having multiple points of distribution and I can only imagine that that strategy has been particularly beneficial this year I would love to hear more about your decision to sell the brand via so many different channels and perhaps some of the benefits and the challenges that have come with that as a business model Absolutely. I'm a big believer in what I call a true omni-channel distribution strategy. Mm-hmm. And why Why is that important? Um, having been a very, very small team in the beginning to now a, a large team, I've had the opportunity to um, fill in a lot of different roles and learn the business from the bottom up. And I have learned this the only thing constant is change. And it is so important to uh, be able to plan for one channel, not always being accessible, right? Um, and that sounds crazy, but my job as the CEO and founder of PD Bio is 
mitigating risk for our brands and making sure that, um, you know, in the event that, in this example, stores are shut down across the country, you know, thankfully we were still able to grow um, in a dramatic way during this COVID environment because I was able to hop on Skype and broadcast QBC from home. I think I broadcast 113 shows since March, which is wild around the world, of course, you know, and, and markets around the world. Um, and done so many, you know, Nordstrom uh, virtual events and Sephora virtual events and um, even Mecca trainings virtually has been, I was supposed to be in Melbourne. It's, you know, it's I know, oh, it breaks my heart. It does, it does. Um, but how cool that we live in a day and age that we can, we can do things remotely. And it's interesting because we have been quite edited in our distribution. Um, I have personal relationships with each of my buyers. We've never used a, a distributor, right? Many brands will use a third party. And to me, it's very important. We've said, you know, no more than we've said yes. There are many retailers in the US that for us, we're not a, a fit, a right fit, because I'm a big believer that everyone has to succeed. All tides rise together. So we're really deliberate in making sure that every retail partner has something that's unique and special for them. Something that they know that if you walk into their store, you're going to have a, a slightly different uh, offering perhaps than, than someone else. So we've really tried to be uh, very thoughtful in that strategy. And, and thankfully that's been, um, that's been wonderful for us. Um, and you know, it, it can be, it can be hard as you're going really quickly to, to say no, but to preserve the ethos of the brand, the DNA of who we are, it's important that we're growing in a thoughtful way so we can continue to have very deep education, really close intimate contact with each of our buying and field teams, and um, more importantly, be accessible to our consumer and to our community wherever she's shopping in the world. If she's someone who simply isn't comfortable right now going into store, she can shop on our website or she can shop on our retail partners website. If she's someone that isn't comfortable leaving the house even, and there are, you know, everyone, everyone is in a different stage right now. She can shop um, uh, via her TV set or via uh, digital. And that I think has been a real um, key to our success during this time. And that coupled with the fact that doctor's offices were closed, estheticians were closed, spas were closed, and many people feeling reticent to even go into a more public environment um, has really empowered consumers to say, wait a second, please hold. I think I can do this remote and it's not that intimidating. My nighttime routine is like less than 120 seconds. It's so easy. And we've had so much success with that. And someone who said, I'm not sure I really believe you that there's no downtime. And then she tries it. And then she realizes, okay, there really was no downtime. I should have started this earlier. You know, everyone who said, I'm not sure about retinol. I have really sensitive skin. I feel you. I have really sensitive skin. Um, she was ready to dive in. She's like, sandblast my face. I'm ready. You know, I'm on Zoom calls all day. I, I can do it. Um, and that's been really fun to see people start to explore and, and step maybe even outside their comfort zone a little bit to try something. And then once you've tried things that really provide performance results, it's hard to settle for something that is, is subpar. 
you have sat at the helm of Beauty Bio for over a decade now, but you've really been part of the beauty industry for most of your life, all things considered. Over the last few years, what have been some of the biggest changes that you have seen within the beauty industry? Great question. And happy to report that most of them are positive and heading in the right direction. And I'm so grateful for that. First is a focus on transparency. You know, gone are the days of like the dream in a bottle and this miracle, blah, blah, you know, this whole situation. People want to know. And they want you to be able to tell them straight what's in it, why is it working. And there's developing what I call the skin intellectual, right? Someone who might have been glossy eyed when I went into my data zone, you know, with Cyber Formula Zone a decade ago, and now they love it. They're eating it up. And I think with um, the democratization of information um, and accessibility, people are able to spend more time and have greater access to information than we ever had before, which helps the brands that are really providing great performance uh, formulas and technology. And I think has been a a challenge for other brands that uh, were far less dependent upon, upon that, which helps push the industry forward. So I think the focus on transparency has been one Um, Number two is there are so many more ways to shop, which again, helps people expect more. She would never have had access to a certain product that was only sold at a certain uh, destination somewhere now in two clicks of a button, she also has access to it. So I think that has been really helpful. And then lastly, I would say an overall shift in consumer expectation um, for results from home. There's been historically very much a feeling of, well, you need to go to your dermatologist and get the weird funky tube. And how often did she say to use it again? And a bit of a disconnect, not you know necessarily a lot of handholding there. Um, and now she realizes that, wow, as competitive landscape sharpens, that means that everyone is forced to step up their results and force to set up their education so you can have access as a consumer now to really amazing products that you can do with full confidence at home and that to me opens up the gateway for i mean my brain is already a decade down the road of what beauty can and will look like and it's it's exciting to think about on that note what changes do you think we can expect to see over so the next two or three years? Much more personalized skincare. Mm-hmm. Um, a much greater focus on skin analysis, even from your phone and being able to diagnose and understand changes in your own skin over time and um, further personalize what that unique set of ingredients or formula dependency might need to be in place. Um, I think there's going to be a, a much greater shift as there has been in the industry where people, there's going to be a swing. You know, years ago, everyone was very brand loyal. It was, I use brand XYZ and you pretty much use the line. And then uh, people started to really cherry pick. Oh, I'm going to try this. And this is really hot. And this is every year. 
people are now getting incredibly overwhelmed because there are so many choices that they're really wanting a voice of clarity. And we see now people going back, swinging back now to a, okay, I want to make sure I'm not playing chemist at home. And people don't realize that there are some ingredients that negate the benefits of other ingredients, you know, certain AHAs that don't play well with retinoids and so on and so forth. And so there is definitely more of a swing now of people wanting to understand what's a dependable, simple routine. People are moving away from the K-beauty 12-step and trying to simplify, simplify their lives, simplify their routine. And with the basics that will help provide a really great skin, skin health foundation. So I think you'll continue to see that swing towards less in the mix, uh, less steps. You'll continue to see skincare over color um, winning. And then I think we'll start moving into more of a truly personalized skin analysis and um, our ability to better uh, diagnose and address our skin as it changes throughout the year. My final question, what is next for you and for Beauty Bioscience? <laughs> well, right now the Mecca launch, we're so excited about. Really, I just, I cannot tell you the number of messages I've received from all of our incredible beauty bio babes in that, this part of the world and saying, when are you launching Australia? Where, where, where are you? I've like kept it under wraps this whole time. So I'm so excited to finally be able to share um, where we're going. So um, opening this market has been just tremendous. We have um, some additional partnerships throughout the world that will be happening um, in Q4, a couple of key partnerships. And um, we have a massive launch that is happening in October um, that will be coming into Mecca um, early next year, which I, I don't know if I can share yet, but you have to watch because it's going to be game-changing. Categorically, probably our biggest launch we've ever had, one of the biggest breakthroughs in the industry. So super, super exciting. That was Jamie O'Banion. CEO and founder of Beauty Bio, which you can find on Instagram at Beauty Bio. To read this interview, you can visit glowjournal.com. And for more beauty news, you can find me on Instagram at gemkwatts or at glow.journal. If you liked this episode, please do not forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share so other beauty and business lovers can find us. I'm Gemma Watts. You've been listening to the Glow Journal podcast. Thank you for joining me.